Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, what is a brand in today's digital world? There, there really is kind of a set it and forget it uh, mentality a lot of times where I get a lot of clients that hire my agency to make something go viral, for instance, or, or something like that. And really, at the end of the day, it takes a lot of effort. It takes ongoing effort. I'm continually struggling with the challenge of how to make my own business activities rise above the noise. And I know that many of our listeners struggle with this problem too. So I'm always on the lookout for experts who can come into the studio and share how they're dealing with the war for attention and how to effectively communicate the value that you can bring to others. Greg Kilstrom is here in the studio. As I say, he's the author of The Agile Brand, and he's been a digital strategist for AOL, Choice Hotels, Coca-Cola, Geico, Marriott, MTV, Starbucks, Toyota, and the United Nations, because we got to have an NGO. We're going to talk about what a brand is in today's digital world, how to create it, protect it, and adapt your strategies when the world around you changes. First of all, Greg, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Well, I get this a lot. Why don't you tell everybody, what's a brand? There's a short answer and a long answer. I'll, I'll give you probably somewhere in between. Um, so in my book, The Agile Brand, I, I explain the the dynamic between brands and consumers in really four stages. And I think there's there's really four components to a brand. The first is the object component. So, you know, a logo, a name, those things that are visual, are tangible, uh, that have really existed since brands have, have always uh, been around. The second component is the idea. So in order for a brand to be successful, it really needs to occupy really some some mind share of of the consumer so you they really need uh, a brand really needs to uh, adequately express what kind of challenge or problem that they solve so what is their value to the to the customer the third component is offering an experience so this could be a longer term experience it could be a very short but positive experience brands really have to offer some type of experience to their their customers and the last component is really a, a relationship so Brands are understanding that, you know, it takes so much to get a new customer that if you can retain current customers and you make so much more money from, you know, retaining them, it's, it costs less money to uh, to capture them and recapture them and everything like that. So really um, doubling down and having this relationship with them, uh, you know, it, it gives a good result for not only the consumer, but the brand itself. It seems to me that... Uh one of the biggest differences between a brand now and a brand, say, 30 or 40 or 50 years ago, and you've really hit the hammer on the head with experience, it seems to me the technology, particularly social connection, social media, has allowed companies now to maintain a relationship with the customer and, and establish some sort of conformity over what that's like. But by the same token, it also really raises the bar. I get the sense here in D.C., we have some really, really smart digital branding experts like yourself, but the broader business community still thinks a brand is a trademark, and then they think they're done, or am I mistaken? Yeah, there there really is kind of a set it and forget it uh, mentality a lot of times where, you know, you you set everything from a, a, a brand positioning and messaging or even a marketing plan, and you kind of set it and think that it'll kind of take care of itself, or I get a lot of clients that... Uh, hire my agency to make something go viral, for instance, or, or something like that. And really, at the end of the day, it takes a lot of effort. It takes ongoing effort. I think with the advent of the internet and you know social media in particular, it really gives us a, a chance to have an ongoing dialogue with customers. And so it's it's not so much about just broadcasting out what we would like uh, customers to hear, but it's really 
giving them a vocabulary that they can they can actually use and um, share with their friends, their colleagues, um, family, so on and so forth. What cracks me up about that is because I hear that a lot as well. We need to create virality. Is is that people don't understand virality occurs when people welcome your content, right? And that only happens if you've done a good job managing before. But the second thing that cracks me up is a lot of companies say, oh, I want virality. But then understand, once you start talking with your customer that way, you can't stop. It's one of those things where, yeah, exactly. Once once you kind of open the door, you you can't shut it. And you don't really want to shut it. If you do a great job, um, if you get the ball rolling, then and you kind of keep feeding that, keep, uh, again, teaching your customers the vocabulary that you want them to use, then they will actually do that for you. They'll they'll be your brand advocates if they have good experience, if if you keep kind of helping them. I mean, at the end of the day, it's not about selling products. Brands, obviously, companies need to sell products. They need to sell services. They need to make money. But if you actually solve a real challenge that someone has, they're going to keep coming back. Here's a great experience I had a, a couple of months ago. I got crosswise with Twitter, uh, and Twitter thought that I was a bot. So I went online to try to tell I wasn't a bot. I ended up being serviced by a bot. And I couldn't explain to the bot that I wasn't a bot and ended up deciding that I I hate Twitter's customer service. That's what I'm getting at in that technology's great, virality's great. But at the end of the day, unless you maintain a consistent vision about how you're going to communicate with your customer, you're wasting your time. Right. Right. And is that what you're getting with the, the agile brand and an agility? Yeah, I mean, really, um, agile methodology comes, you know, back in the day from manufacturing and then was was translated to software development. Mm-hmm. But marketers have found it really effective because it's a it it's not a reactive approach. So, I mean, I think a common misconception is being agile means that, you know, you take a look at the numbers from yesterday and all of a sudden you change your marketing plan and strategy. That's really not what it is. It's taking a methodical, almost scientific approach where you listen, you analyze, and then you take um in a series of sprints or, you know, you, you, you map out a plan of, okay, we're going to listen for a week, we're going to listen for a month, and then we're going to make changes. But the plan is that you know that you're going to change mm. instead of saying, okay, we're going we're gonna to roll this out for 12 months and then see how it goes at the end of the year. You know, in, instead of that, it's actually taking a methodical approach of like, we don't, we know what our goals are. We know that we need to sell X amount of widgets by the end of Q4 of this year, but we don't know exactly how we're going to get there. We're going to take it as we go. We're going to put things out in market. We're going to test, um, you know, big data access to all of that stuff actually gives us, you know, gave us access to mountains of data that we can now pour through with with better and better tools. So um, using the access that we have to those tools, we're able to make better and better decisions. But agile really means, again, not being just, you know, making changes on a whim, but it's really, it's making methodical changes and improving things methodically over time. Ultimately, the bottom line here is that if you're not paying attention to how people are seeing you on the internet, you're going to be in a world hurt. Right, right. Yeah, I, I, a, a fairly recent client of mine, a banking client, a, you know, financial services is a pretty risk averse industry. So they were not on social media at all. So, you know, we had this conversation with them of like, you know, you really should get on. And, and they were telling me, well, we really don't want to be on there because we don't want people to just, you know, go on our Facebook page and complain. And so my my reaction back to them was they're probably already complaining. They're complaining exactly. on social media, but they're complaining on a channel that you have no control over, you have no access to. So why not at least own the mechanism that people are going to, you know, uh, complain on and offer some help and show publicly. I mean, I think the great thing about social media is 
that you can publicly show that you're responsive, that you're that you're able to help. You may not always be able to preemptively um, prevent problems from ever happening, but you can demonstrate publicly to the world that you're actually you know being responsive. Great lesson. So, folks, remember, the internet knows who you are, and the internet knows where your business is. So, make sure that you're actively managing how people experience you. Greg Kilstrom, thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks to Tandem Innovation Alliance, a community connecting .com, .org, and .edu. Subscribe to the Tandem Innovation Alliance newsletter and get innovation news that you can use. Our executive producer is Tracy Madigan, online writer Barbara Ulrich, music provided by two D.C. region bands, Two Car Living Room, and The Sunbathers. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Thanks for listening. See you next time.